Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, and let me ask you this question. Do you think that the United States is on its way to becoming a total and complete police state? Well, history has shown that there's a 10-stage process that every police state in history has gone through, and you might be surprised which stage we're in right now. Go ahead and check this out now. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, everyone, it's Jeff, and this is going to be kind of a strange, uh, unique little broadcast that we've got going here because it's going to be a lot of personal opinion, but it's also going to be based with a lot of fact also. Now, this is precipitated by a couple of things that happened recently. One, uh, you've probably been getting some of our emails lately about the U.S. becoming a police state, about our rights being trampled on, about our about the different types of spying that's happening, about the war on people who are the most patriotic of our citizens. And with those emails that are coming out, ironically, it seems that I have a bunch of people at my church that have somehow mysteriously found their way onto my email list. And so at a recent holiday party, I was pretty much bombarded. I don't love words getting around the church or whatever, but I had a bunch of people come up to me and were seriously asking me about about the things that I've been writing about, about the, the, the constitutional rights that are being trampled on right now, about the freedoms that we're losing as U.S. citizens. And one of them got into a, a rather, um, I won't say a heated debate, but it was, um, it was somebody who was really interested. Like, do you, it would, basically they were asking, like, do you really think this is happening? I mean, do you really think that people are really spying on our computers and on our cell phones? I mean, but it was it was put in a way like, you know, you can't be serious, right? Like you must be one of those conspiracy nuts. And no matter how much uh, I tried to, I won't say convince, but however many facts I put out there, the the look on the person's face was always, come on, you got you can't be serious. Well, I am serious. This is actually a topic that I'm very passionate about. Uh, it's based on a project that we've been working on now for a couple of years. It's probably my most, in, in all of 14 years that I've been publishing survival and self-defense and firearms uh, programs, I have to say that this is the most important one that I've ever done. It's going to be coming out this week, so if you've been on the email uh, newsletter list, then you've been getting some warnings about it, that, that it's coming up, and people are very anticipated about it. We've got a, a free report that's out right now that's going to give you a glimpse into it. It's over at Death of Freedom. Uh, sorry, it's at thedeathoffreedom.com, and you can check that out. Um, but here's here's the thing. People are asking me why. Like, what is the reason behind all of this? And if you go out on the Internet, you're going to find a lot of different opinions out there, all the way up to that there is a new world order and that there is a master plan to enslave U.S. citizens and put them all in FEMA camps and to basically just make slaves out of the most patriotic people in the, in, in the United States. Some even argue the world. 
Um, I don't have that kind of a conspiracy type of a take on it. And a lot of this is all conjecture because we may not really know what full intents are. But it was asked of me at this party, like, why do you think this is happening? Like, if this is true, then why do you think it's happening? Well, one number one, we know that it's true because of the government's own documents. Okay? The government has already submitted or has, has leaked and has put out documents to law enforcement agencies, to um, basically to the public as well, to businesses, all under the disguise of counterterrorism. And this is especially important right now because of all the mass shootings and the, the attacks by ISIS overseas. Everything that's happening now um, is, all, is all really working under the, this umbrella of counterterrorism. And it's been going on like this for a very long time, but it's really heating up right now. And, we're, and things are only going to get worse. But again, people are asking me, like, why? If there are plans for FEMA camps all around the country, why? Is it really to enslave people? Come on, Jeff. Is it really? Do you really believe that? Personally, no, I, I don't believe that. Um, my take on it, and I'll give you my personal opinion, is that we can see the writing on the wall, that there are a number of things that could trigger a, that could trigger massive civil unrest and, and, um, and social chaos within our country. A lot of these I write about inside of another one of our free programs, the Survival Gear Secrets uh, program. We talk about the things that are really like the no BS things that really can happen, no fantasy, no no conspiracy stuff, the things that really can happen, such as uh, pandemic. The World, World Health Organization and the CDC have been warning us for a long time now that we're long overdue for a pandemic. If we had a true Ebola-type scare, a true pandemic within the United States, and it's, it's coming. I mean, the World Health Organization has been saying, it's coming. Prepare for it now. When that happens, you're looking at, um, by the CDC's own documents, of self-quarantine up to about 90 days. So imagine... The, the type of, of what would happen within our country under a pandemic where people are not supposed to even come out of their home for 90 days. They're not working. They're not getting a paycheck. Now, think about what that would do, even do to the economy. That's just one thing. And speaking of the economy, financial collapse. Look, you can only go on borrowing money and not be able to pay it back for so long. We've been waiting for our economy to finally tank, and who knows when that's going to be. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be next year. We, we don't know when it's going to be, but the writing is on the wall that you cannot sustain this much debt over a long period of time. We just keep borrowing our way. It's like, it's like if you had 12, 12, uh, um, you had 12 credit cards. And then you basically, in order, you can't pay for any of them. So you get another credit card to pay for your other 12 credit cards until you max that one out. And then you have to get another credit card to pay for the 13 credit cards. Eventually, someone's going to come knocking on your door and saying, you know what? You're going to jail. Well, we don't go to jail in the United States. We just tank the economy. And then all of a sudden, we're looking at financial ruin. So again, these are the things that we know are coming at some point that we prepare for, when those happen, it will trigger civil unrest. These are the reasons why we write about this stuff. It's not fantasy stuff. It's not made for the movies. That this type of stuff, we've already seen what happens to people during the worst of times. The best doesn't always come out. Sometimes the wolves come out to play, 
And we've seen what happened in Baltimore, in Ferguson. Those, these types of things that happen, we see what human nature can be when there's no accountability. So because of this, you can start to see the signs now of the government putting in place, knowing full well that because, look, if we know it, they know it. They know that eventually there's going to be something that's going to trigger massive civil unrest within the country. So what do you need in order to handle nationwide civil unrest? Well, what you need are camps, FEMA camps that can go up. And there's plans for these all around the country. So, look, and, and I understand that. I mean, if you have a mass amount of people that are tipping over cars and burning buildings and looting and going – of course, you can't just throw them into the local Mayberry jail. You need a way to contain those kind of people. If it's nationwide, if it's massive civil unrest, you need a FEMA-like camp in order to do that. Now, the people who are unruly are the ones that are going to go in there. I don't personally believe they're going to go knocking on, on people's door and saying, hey, you're a prepper, we're rounding you up. But we have seen that when there is civil unrest, like in Katrina, they do start to look at who could possibly be the threat. And that's why right now you're seeing the people that they are afraid of are those people who are preppers, who are conservatives. Even by the Department of Homeland Security's own admission, people like Christians. Um, by the by FBI, DHS, and um, CIA, all documentation is, is sending information out to local police departments saying the people to be afraid of are not ISIS. We're not concerned as much about ISIS coming overseas. What they're worried about are the terrorists that we already have within our country. And those aren't just terrorists who follow al-Qaeda or ISIS or any other foreign terrorist group. They're what they call the lone wolf homegrown domestic terrorists, the people like Timothy McVeigh, the person like who just shot up the the Planned Parenthood. These are the people that we're worried about because they can legally own guns. They're already here. They have an axe to grind, meaning that they have a complaint against the government or big, you know, big government of the country or the president or whoever it is. But they have a thing that they're that they're very passionate about, that they don't like the way the country is going. And these are all in, in the uh, the DHS documents. This is who they label as the major threat within the United States. So under that umbrella, this is a war on the most patriotic of the American citizens. Now, of course, none of us want idiots and nut jobs and, you know, wackos to have guns and be out there shooting people up. Of course we don't. Our families are out there. And I don't want some some whack job who has an axe to grind to, you know, go to the local local, local shopping center when I'm out Christmas shopping and, and shoot up where my family is. Of course not. None of us want that. Um, but the government is putting out a large enough net to be able to find those people that they see as a threat. And this isn't just a, a like one net that's going out there. This has been following along the lines of a of like I said this the a 10 stage process that's nationally that's worldwide recognized as going to a, a complete and total police state. So I'll t I'll go over what those 10 what those 10 stages are, and you try to figure out, I'll explain what they are, and you try to figure out which stage we're actually in, okay? All right, so here it goes. 10 stages to a complete and total police state. Okay, stage one is classification. Now, if you're going to overpower a large group of people, 
you first have to start small. And you want to clearly define who that group is that you're targeting. Now, in the past, this has always come down mostly motivated by by race, religion, or political affiliation. But with the technology that we have today and privacy basically out the window, you can pretty much target any group that you want. And I just went over some of the people that the DHS and the FBI are targeting people that they claim could be lone wolf domestic homegrown terrorists, people who are typically right-wing conservative, um, don't feel that the, co- the country is going in the right direction, um, are believe in, um, are, are opposed to anything that is um, trying to take away their guns or the legalization of abortion, things like that. Those are the that's in their own documents. This is not fantasy. This is not you know some top secret document that you know I just heard about third hand. This is their actual documents. Okay, so they've already decided. They've already clearly defined who the target is. Classification is done. A stage two is what they call symbolization. So once a group is classified, the agencies then label their targets something negative. So see if any of these sound familiar to you. Right-wing extremists, gun nut, conspiracy fanatic, or doomsday prepper, okay? that's That labeling is put out there because it helps to create a package. It creates a, a label that you can put on something and somebody that makes it really simple for the, the, the other people's minds to be able to hold on to. Labels make things very easy for people to understand. Okay, more on that here in a little bit. Stage three is discrimination. So at this stage, the government uses laws and customs and political power to deny the rights of the target group, especially the rights to things like owning and purchasing firearms, like we've already seen happen in over 114,000 veterans who have returned home. These veterans are labeled as mentally ill because of PTSD and are not able to own firearms. If you're mentally ill, you can't own a firearm. So there has been classification here that has that has already started discriminating against people that are most brave soldiers who are out there. Now, obviously, again, you have to be able to go, it's really case by case, right? Somebody can have PTSD to such an extent that they can't be a danger to themselves. I mean, we're seeing an, an insane number um of suicides with returning veterans. It's, it's, uh, it's abysmal. It's horrific that this is happening to our soldiers. Okay. So there's an understanding of this, but it also, again, combining with all these other stages, it really tends to discriminate and get people that shouldn't be classified a certain way or discriminated in a certain way. Okay. Um, the, the, and here's the thing to think about this also. I bring this out because, you know, we talk about the Second Amendment a lot. Okay. We talk about the Second Amendment a lot. And if you look at it, there's a discrimination against anybody that believes in the Second Amendment, especially when you talk about the term assault rifles. So assault, the word assault rifles has gotten out there and it's being used by those that are in favor of gun control because that gives it a military term. It puts a label on something and it makes it easy for the, the American population to be able to, again, wrap their heads around it. Now, we fight hard not to use the word assault rifles because it has such an offensive uh, mindset to it, like revolution, takeover, okay? But that's just another example of labeling 
and or, or you know at this um, this classification and symbolization and discrimination. But you have to remember that it, it wasn't so long ago that this nation was founded by men who were first labeled as traitors by the rightful king. I'm talking about our founding fathers. We were considered traitors in the beginning because we wanted our independence. We wanted our freedom. And we were labeled right then as traitors. We were discriminated against as traitors. We had to fight for that right to have our freedom. Okay? So it's, 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 a, it's a road we've been down a long time ago. Now, stage four toward a total police state is dehumanization. At this point, that target group is labeled as less than human. So it's given derogatory names like homegrown terrorist, lone wolf extremist, or terror suspect. Okay, so again, are we seeing this? Absolutely. And police and military leaders are taught to use these names because it psychologically makes it easier for soldiers and law enforcement to target the enemy. So if we give it this labeling, if we give it this derogatory term, then we start to be able to program those people who are going to enforce the police state, even if it's not known to them that it's happening. So I talk about this um, here in a little bit about the brainwashing of law enforcement and military. But it's this it's this part of it, it's this stage of dehumanization that makes it easier now, we've seen this in, in things like Baltimore and in peaceful protests. You can see an us versus them mentality happening. That happens anytime you put anybody in, in such a uniform that is a military uniform, it gives them a military-type mindset. So that's why Officer Friendly has now been replaced with a RoboCop that is a jacked-up SWAT, you know, SWAT uniform, riot shield, and everything. And when they're in that mode, it does something to the mind. It's not that they're consciously going into that mode. It does something to their mind. Now, that's not an excuse for actions that might take place, but it's just showing that psychologically this is how it's happening. Okay. Now, the fifth stage is organization. So at this stage, the state begins to organize logistics and train those special police and military units for the follow-up stages to a police state. Now, we already know this is happening. Okay, we've already seen exercises like Jade Helm that are specifically about dealing with civil unrest in civilian areas. That's specifically. And it wasn't just one exercise that this happened. It happened in several different states and is planned for other states. So we're already seeing that there are, are there's a preparation for military and law enforcement to be able to deal with this. Now, part of it is because that is what we're dealing with. When you have protests like in in Ferguson, when you have when you have these type of protests, obviously they need training and they see more of this happening, especially when civil unrest happens, especially on a nationwide scale where you don't just have law enforcement. You're going to need National Guard. You're going to need the military to come in. So they need training. Right. So we're already seeing this happening, and we're seeing it happen in every day, not just waiting for civil unrest to happen. Last year, there were over 80,000 SWAT team deployments in America, and the New York Times reported that only 6% of those were actually for violent criminals and hostage rescues and barricaded sub, sub, uh, suspects. The rest of them were just for investigations. In other words, there was... There wasn't, it wasn't a barricaded situation. It wasn't a hostage situation. It was basically based upon a tip and a SWAT team was called in 
and then entered entered the building. Now, of those, there was there was a a, um, a study done, and of those, a vast amount of those were were not even in the right residence. So the wrong house was was entered by SWAT teams, and in some cases, people were either killed or severely injured, and it wasn't even the right house. So we're already seeing this stamp, uh, trampling on the Fourth Amendment, the, re, the, re, the requirement for, for them to have a warrant to be able to enter. No, these are based upon a tip. They're warrantless, and they're no-knock raids done in the middle of the night, and sometimes people are killed because of this. And that's just one of our constitutional amendments that's getting thrown out the window. Okay? So that is organization. Now, Stage six is called polarization. So this is like when, you know, back in school where you had a schoolyard bully and the other kids would be around on the playground and the bully would target somebody. And what they would do is say, is get other people to kind of laugh along with them or support them or be on the, be in the bully's gang. Because if you didn't, then you were targeted. You were made to be, to feel like the other person. So then you were now the, the, in the crosshairs of that bully. Well, the same thing happens in, on a, on a grander scale when we're talking about a total police state with polarization. So what happens is at this stage, it's meant to get the average American in the middle to join the mass targeting movement or be labeled as a sympathizer or slap with that same derogatory term as the target group. Now, this is where the moderate citizens are hit really hard. And you see news headlines, you see media propaganda at this stage, because the the basically the bully, in this case, the government and the alphabet agencies, have the power to solidify public opinion. They have the power over media. The, the media is vetted. So the government does have control over what goes out on the media. Just one example of that is, you notice that you, you're not allowed to see the coffins coming back from Iraq. You're not allowed to see that because they know that if you were allowed to see that, that more people would be against the war. They would see the deaths that are taking place. Instead, they want everybody to feel like the patriotic soldiers are over there. They're doing the fighting and, and that's what they really want to do. And, and, um, and, you know, just full steam ahead. We can, we can just, we can just stay there as long as we need to. And I can tell you from being in combat that generally the, you know, the consensus is we will, we'll fight and we will die for our country as soldiers. That's what we signed up for. Um, but we also have families, right? And, and that's why we're seeing so much PTSD and everything. It's not just the, the, um, the horrors that are happening and just the taking of lives and seeing your friends killed and things like that. It's not just losing limbs or, or being shot. It's not even just that trauma. The hardest thing for me in combat was being away from my wife and my kids. That was the hardest thing for me and not knowing whether I was going to be able to see them. And that's very difficult, especially if there's lots of broken up marriages. All of a sudden you find out that your wife is, is, is cheating on you or your husband's cheating on you. Like all the mental trauma that goes into that is, is really horrific. And, and so that, that's, you know, you, you see this a lot, but you're not able to see the coffins because the, the government doesn't want you to see those. It doesn't fit into the plan. All right. So we've already seen that this is vetted. But they also have control over what goes out as well. So you'll start to see, as we've seen already, with 
news headlines of Doomsday Prepper hunted by police. So trust me, the reality show Doomsday Preppers did not do us survivalists any good whatsoever. I wish it had never gone on because all it did was help to label us as nut jobs. Okay. But this is, this is again, all proof of polarization already happening. Sixth stage. Remember I said, try and guess which stage we're already in and becoming a total police state. Okay, so that was stage six. Stage seven is preparation. So this is when national leaders plan this final solution to eliminate that so-called threat of the target group. Okay, so we already know that the government has issued an army field manual. It's it's 3-39.40 that provides plans for armed troops, armed military troops to build and operate FEMA internment camps. That can detain up to 2 million Americans during times of civil unrest and martial law. Again, does this mean that they're going around just to target everybody? Well, I would like to think no, I would, I, because I know that during civil unrest, and I've seen it in combat, I've seen civil unrest, I've seen what happens when there's no accountability, where there's no structure in place, there's no infrastructure, there's no law enforcement, there's, no, there's nobody to, to, to make people accountable how quickly things turn into complete and utter chaos. Okay, so we are going to need a way to contain those people because I don't want people firebombing my house or looting my house um, and forcing me to fire on somebody. I want to just be left alone and just be able to survive with my family, right? Well, we're going to see massive unrest, especially in more populated areas, because of this. So that is why the government has already issued FEMA uh FEMA, um, FEMA camp plans for this type of a purpose. Okay. And we've already seen a, a bulking up of ammunition in the way of hollow point ammunition. And if you haven't seen it, the shooting, uh, the no more hesitation targets that have been used that are really just, they're kids with guns. They are grandfathers with guns. They're grandmothers with guns in their living room. And we're already seeing the effects of this. I mean, look how many how many stories we're seeing on the news right now of law enforcement that are basically not hesitating to shoot an unarmed person. It's it's insane what's happening right now. And and when we see this happening, we have to think, okay, what's happening psychologically here? Well, there's a programming happening with police, and I'm seeing them as victims. Now, I I. I 100% support good cops, and there are bad cops out there. In fact, good cops know bad cops, right? I mean, if you're, we have a lot of law enforcement on our list, and so I really do, I really do support law enforcement. But even good cops know the person who, I bet you know right now, if you're talking, if you're listening to me and you're law enforcement, then you can think of somebody on your, uh, in your, in your department that you wouldn't necessarily trust. Maybe even when you're seeing those news stories come across, as disheartening as it is for you to see your own law enforcement targeted. And that's, I think, one of the biggest travesties here is that it's also labeling law enforcement as the bad guys. So this is happening a lot now. Not, it's not just doomsday preppers and, and conservatives and, and, um, you know, Tea Party and things like that. It's, it's also law enforcement is being painted this way also. And it's making it really hard for law enforcement to do their jobs. But nonetheless, we're seeing these no hesitation kills already happening. Okay. So law enforcement is being brainwashed as well, especially with all of this equipment that's out there. Okay. Now stage eight is persecution. 
So this is where individuals are separated from the whole. And this is where you start to see detentions of people who are considered potentially threats. Now, this happens because we are able to, again, label them as lone wolf, domestic terrorists, uh, terror suspects, homegrown terrorists. All of this labeling has happened, and it's made easy for law enforcement, military, and even your next-door neighbor to be able to turn you in. Now, we know this is happening. We have heard leaks. Um, there have been National Guardsmen. There have been There's a Navy SEAL by the name of Ben Smith who's been very vocal about this. And that military is already being prepped that you might be able, you might have to disarm American citizens and even shoot American citizens during times of civil unrest. Okay. So we're already seeing that this, that this is happening. And at this stage, that's where you start to see those, those, the detention of people who are considered these threats. Now again, because of things like the National Defense Authorization Act and the Patriot Act, if, if you were, Let's say you were selling drugs out of your home. Okay. Well, then you, you have a, there's a warrant there. They come in. You're arrested for drugs. You have a trial. You go see a judge. There's a jury. You are, are sentenced. You are charged, whatever. But there's a process there that happens if it is a, a regular, let's say, um, you know, a criminal offense. However, if you are labeled a terrorist, none of that has to happen. All that has to happen is uh, CIA, DHS, um, any any or any law enforcement organization breaks into your home. There is no need for a warrant because this is not a criminal offense. This is an investigation to see if there you have pipe bombs, to see if you have thousands of rounds of ammunition, to see if you're making plans for any attacks. And you're taken out. And even if they find nothing, you can be detained indefinitely as a terror suspect. And let's face it, do any of us want terrorists out there walking our streets? Of course not. The American public doesn't want terrorists out there. And if you were broken into, and if you were hauled out, and if you were detained as a terrorist suspect, do you really think the American public is going to say, well, wait a minute, that person needs a trial? No, if you, because of derogatory uh, names and because of the headlines that are going out there, Anybody that is seen as a terrorist suspect must have done something wrong. And if they're still being detained, they must have done something wrong. And so who are we listing as terrorist suspects? Well, let's go back to the DHS's own documentation. Conservatives, Christians, people who believe in the Second Amendment, people who believe that government has gotten too big, people that believe that the country is headed in the wrong direction. And the list goes on. There's actually a long list of a lot of different things that, that, that people, that the Department of Homeland Security is identifying as potential domestic, homegrown, lone wolf terrorists. Okay? So at this stage, in stage eight, that's where we start to see persecution. Okay? We're already starting to see this. Um, stage nine is, is what is, it's called extermination. Now, I'm not talking about like a mass assassination of all the target groups. What I'm talking about, this is where when arrests suddenly take off, and that's where mass detention begins. And the reason for this, the reason this is called extermination is because of all the brainwashing that happened in the previous eight stages. Everything leads up stage by stage by stage to this final extermination phase. Now, 
this is where your neighbors can turn on you. This is where you start to be detained for a reason. So again, do I believe they're just going to go around knocking on doors and say, you fit, um, you know, you're, you're a prepper or you have this, you got to go? I don't think so. However, if there is a reason for them to do that, then that's where you're going to start to see it. And the biggest threat is not necessarily going to be the spying on our on our digital records, the spy, our, our telephones, our text messages, all those things that we know are already happening, all those things that Edward Snowden leaked to the government or leaked on the government, all those things that we found out even since then. That's not the only that's not your biggest threat. Your biggest threat is going to be your neighbor, because if your neighbor thinks that you have lots of guns and lots of ammunition and survival food and all these things set up, then guess what? You're one of those doomsday preppers. And that derogatory term has been put out there, and you're going to see that more and more in the news. Doomsday hunter, doomsday prepper hunted by police. Doomsday prepper found with 5,000 rounds of ammunition. Doomsday prepper, um, you know, shot up a building. We're seeing these exact headlines happening. Okay, and so your neighbor now knowing that, you know, we can't just let terrorists go, you know, be next door and not say anything because they've seen the news stories. They've seen when people, you know, after somebody shoots up or blows up a building, they go and they question the neighbors. And it's like, well, I knew I knew he had guns and I just didn't realize he was that crazy. Well, now all of a sudden, everybody that that you've talked to, if you have guns, if you have ammunition, if you told them that. You have survival food if you've told them that they should prepare for a natural disaster. Anything as, as simple as that, preparing for a flood, preparing for a hurricane. You know, if you're telling your neighbor, I'm prepared for it, I've got some survival food, I've got, um, you know, my, my looters will be shot sign. Anything that you tell them, now all of a sudden they start thinking as they're watching the news, like, wait a minute, my neighbor fits that same profile. He likes that show, Doomsday Preppers, or he must be a Doomsday Prepper because he has survival food, because he has an AR-15 he was showing me, or because it has a concealed carry license. He must be one of those preppers. You know what, honey? I think we should call and let somebody know. Just let them know. That right there is enough to label you as a potential terror suspect and warrant without a warrant a no-knock raid in the middle of the night into your home, and hopefully there's not an itchy, no-hesitation trigger finger on that weapon as it's going into your home as you get out of bed and you get because you hear something down in the living room and you come down with a gun in your hand because you think you're being invaded, and you are, but then a police officer sees you with a gun, and guess what? You're a terror suspect. And so all of a sudden, you're shot for defending your home and your family from a tip from a neighbor that said, you know what, I think he might be a doomsday prepper. So at this stage of extermination, all of this stuff can happen. All it needs is a reason. All it needs is something that can trigger their ability to take those people seen as threats and put them into detention. Now, anything can trigger this. Like I said, anything can trigger civil unrest. Uh, there's, or not anything, but I mean, there, there are certain things that can trigger nation, nationwide civil unrest. So these things, um, th- at this stage, that's when they happen. And the tenth, and tenth and final stage is denial. And this is where they start to cover up those ex- extermination efforts completely, or they blame, basically blame the victim group for bringing it on themselves. I mean, they, if they hadn't have stockpiled the, all that ammunition in their gun safe, 
then maybe their neighbor wouldn't have said anything. You know, if they didn't have those assault weapons, their neighbor might not have said anything. They really brought it on themselves because they're doing those things that we're projecting to the public that you shouldn't be doing. Okay, so now I ask you again, where are where are we in this process of this 10 stages to a complete this worldwide recognized 10 stages to a total police state? I ask you to guess which stage that we're in right now. Now, it's clear, it's very clear that we are already at stage eight at a very minimum. And stage eight is the persecution. That's where we really start to see the 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 makings of people being separated from the herd, basically, and and logistics are being prepped to deal with those people, military, law enforcement, our government, even your even your next door neighbor. Okay, at this stage, this is where you start seeing people identified as the lone wolf terrorists. This is where you start to wonder, is my neighbor going to turn on me? Is my neighbor going to turn me in? Is it my door that a SWAT team could kick down? Now, if you've been listening to this, I promise you, if you're on, if you're listening to my podcast, if you're listening to my podcast, then you most likely, 99.76% of you fit that demographic that is considered in Department of Homeland Security's own documents a potential homegrown lone wolf domestic terrorist because of the things that we tend to believe in. Because I tell people, you should be prepared for an emergency. You should be self-reliant. You should have a weapon for, for personal safety and security in your home against criminals. You should have survival food stocked away. You should have water stocked away. All these things for natural disasters. You should have it because you are going to need it. So the government wants to be self-reliant, but they know that the ones that are the most patriotic, the ones that are the most prepared, are the ones that they're also the most fearful of. And we're also the ones who would have been labeled as traitors by the rightful king back when our founding fathers took a stand and they said, we won't stand for having our freedoms taken away. That's you and that's me. We're the sheepdogs of society. While the sheep are clearly being led by the wolves of our society, by the government that's, that's labeling us as potential enemies of the state and convincing the American public that we're the ones to be afraid of. Stage eight is clearly happening. Stage nine, when it actually, things are actually triggered, when people are actually detained for these things, that's what you're going to start seeing next. That's where, when, when these mass shootings continue to happen, people are going to be okay with rounding people up. In fact, many of the people that I talk to about this, and I don't go out, I don't go out and, and, you know, um, and start proselytizing, I don't know what that word is, proselytizing, <laughs> whatever it is. I don't go out trying to convince people to come over to, to my side. But the conversations that I've had recently, people are okay with having their phone lines tapped. People are okay. I mean, this is amazing that I'm hearing this. People are okay. And you probably already know somebody like this too. Probably somebody in your family that you talked about over Thanksgiving dinner, right? People are okay with this with having their phone lines tapped, with having text messages, because we want to catch the terrorists, and hey, I have nothing to hide. So let them listen in on my phone calls. Let them listen in on 
on uh let them let them gather my text messages let them go ahead and, and go into people's homes that they suspect as being terrorists because they probably are terrorists otherwise they wouldn't be going into those homes right we've already seen that the vast majority of these are are unwarranted unconstitutional entries into a home and oftentimes the wrong home where people die i don't want that to be me i don't want that to be my family and if you're listening to me right now that also applies to you because you fit that description as an enemy of the state. And that's sad that our country has come to that point. So what do you do about it? Well, we start to outline this in our report, The Death of Freedom, which you can get at thedeathoffreedom.com. And it talks about the different elements that are going into and what's being done about the police state. But also, more importantly, what you can do about it. Because the answer isn't to join a militia and get your AR-15s and dress up in your camouflage and go out there and look like a bush and wait for the uh, the military to start coming up with tanks and, like, give them hell. You know, shout out, Wolverines, and declare your freedom, and they'll pry my gun out of my cold, dead fingers. That's not going to protect your family. What's going to protect your family is you thinking smarter. There is a war going on right now. There is a war against self-reliant, patriotic Americans. And unfortunately, that war is within our own our, our, is within our own borders. And the way that you fight it, part of it is done in the way that you vote. And trust me, this isn't an Obama thing. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. A lot of this started with Bush. A lot of it started long before Bush. The Patriot Act and National Defense Authorization Act, those paved the way for American citizens to be targeted as terror suspects. And being lumped under that, you're no longer just a criminal. You don't have the rights of a criminal. Terrorists don't have rights. Terrorists are, are indefinitely detained without even being charged. So, this is about the powers behind the presidency. These are not the presidents are the puppets. The puppet masters are the ones that have been pulling these strings for a long, long time. It's the power behind the presidency. So it doesn't matter which person is president. It's the power behind that. It's it's campaign financing that now any corporation now can can basically buy any president that they want by flooding money into into campaigns we basically buy elections now it's no longer of the people We've, we're only making it easier for these powers to target us and it's happening we already see that it's happening the proof is there this isn't conspiracy this isn't conjecture this isn't just my opinion these are things that obviously you can see so what can you do about it? I recommend getting the free report that we have, The Death of Freedom. You go to thedeathoffreedom.com. This week we're going to be coming out with a true step-by-step -step program I've been working on for two years. This is my passion project. This is my passion product project. And this will show the steps that anyone can take to stay off of the government's radar. And if you're already on the government's radar because of things that you've done that do label you as a potential enemy of the state, this will help you to get off of that radar. And it is possible to do that. But it is going to take 
you thinking differently. It's going to take you being smarter. It's going to take you being able to look at your life and how you're preparing you and your family a little bit differently. It's only going to take a few little tweaks typically, but they're critical ones. They could make all the difference once we hit stage nine. So I invite you this week, uh, if you're listening to this, this uh, actual broadcast during the time, uh, during this week, um, but we are going to be coming out with this program. It's called Freedom War, the Modern Minimum and Guide. And I, I highly suggest you get this because, like I said, it's the most important step that I've ever taken in our publishing in, in over 14 years of publishing now. And I know that it's going to be probably the most important document that you've ever read that truly can affect your freedom and your liberty. So that's going to be coming up. I invite you to, to, to check out, make sure that you're on the email list, that you get first word that it's going out. It's not being released anywhere else. We're not putting it out on any other website. Um, nothing. So it's only been available right here from Modern Combat and Survival. Okay? So check that out and um, check out the death of freedom in the meantime. All right? And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.